Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We've been looking at the issue of telling ourselves the truth. Because I'll be honest with you, you and I are human beings. This goes for myself. We have the tendency to deceive ourselves concerning exactly how we are and the true condition of our relationship with Jesus. And one of the ways that we do that is to compare ourselves. We look at someone else and say, well, you know, look at them, man. Look at what they're struggling with. Look at what they're dealing with. And I'm not like them. I'm doing okay. So there's a trap there. The trap is, is that, yeah, you may not be like them, and yeah, they may be involved in something else that maybe you're not involved with, and it's not right. But the fact of the matter is, is that you may not be right either. And how you and I are going to know the true condition of our heart is not by looking and comparing ourselves to somebody else, but by looking and comparing ourselves to Jesus and to the Word of God. Because that really is going to tell you the true condition of your heart. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about today, the heart. In fact, I'll be honest with you, you maybe have looked at the first few, we talked about pride, we talked about, last week we talked about the issue of murder, which comes out of our anger and our hatred towards someone else, and Jesus getting right to the heart of it and saying, that if you're angry and you're holding a grudge, you've got a problem. We talked about the issue of lying, and you maybe could relate a little bit to that. I'm going to be honest with you. Today, what our topic is about is about the inward reality of who you are and the condition of your heart. You might actually have a hard time grasping the lesson today, and the reason why is because you think you're okay. But the Bible tells us something that's opposite of that for every one of us, including myself concerning the conditions of our heart. Because you can deceive yourself concerning your heart. And so that's what we're going to look at today. I want to just real quickly tell you again, what what are we looking at here? We're looking at the seven things that God hates, and it's all the way over in Proverbs chapter 6. You don't need to turn there. The writer of Proverbs, Solomon, says this, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination. Seven are disgusting to him. And here's what he said. A proud look a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to running to evil, a witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. What we're going to focus on out of these seven things today is verse 18, which says this, a heart that devises wicked plans, so we're going to talk about the heart, and what, the actions that resolve from it, the feet that are swift to running to evil. Now, as I begin this discussion, I want to help you a little bit because you might be saying, well, yeah, that's well and good, George, but I'm not devising wicked plans because in your mind you have, in your mind, a level of what wickedness is and you say, I'm not involved in evil because when you think of evil, it's like this week I was at, took some time with my kids and went to Kennywood and I saw this guy walking around and he was all in black and he had satanic symbols all over him and so obviously he was a satanist. And so you're saying, I'm not like that guy. So again, you're falling in the comparison trap 
as far as what you think concerning this verse, and you're saying, because I'm not devising wicked plans, and I'm not doing evil, but what I want you to understand is, is yes, that's your definition, but that's not a biblical definition. A biblical definition of wickedness and a biblical definition of evil is this. It is anything that is contrary to the will of God, period. So every wrong motive, every wrong action, every wrong thought concerning the in the Bible is evil and wickedness. You and I need to grasp that point. It's not your grave, your list of what the bad sins are. It's how God views sin, period. And when you look at what God says, man, we're all in trouble, aren't we? And so when we look at these things, we need to grasp the reality of what he's saying here. So here's a couple points I want you to see. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. We see this from Proverbs. Our hearts are consumed with evil desires. There's not a person in here that's immune from that, including myself. On a daily basis, you and I wrestle with our hearts, with our flesh, concerning the desire for something that is wrong. And you know it's wrong. It's whether you're struggling with an attitude towards someone else. It's whether you're struggling with a desire for something that you know is wrong that you can't have or to do something that you know you shouldn't do. Every single one of us here struggles with this issue. And that's what Proverbs is saying. God is saying, I'm disgusted with the fact that you and I have hearts that what? Are consumed with doing wrong. See, this is why, you know, we have some dear Christian brethren who, who think that they can be perfect, that they can live in this life without ever sinning again. And they're in the holiness movement. And then, and they great stress on holiness, but the fact of the matter is you and I can't reach that because we have a heart that's consumed with doing wrong. I don't care how long you've been a Christian here, how long you've known Jesus, even if you've been raised in a Christian home, you've got a heart that is going to be thinking about what? Doing wrong. That's the reality of what he's saying here. In fact, here's the second part of the reality. We eagerly seek to fulfill our desires. We eagerly seek to fulfill our desires. You say, oh, I'm not sure about that, George. Well, think about it. How many of you love chocolate? Raise your hand. Be honest. You know, and when it comes to chocolate, you just, you know, you just gravitate towards chocolate. You know, in my house, the ladies in my house, they go to Walmart, they buy bags of chocolate chips. It's not because they're making all kinds of cookies around the house. They just like to have a little bit of stash in the cabinet. Because there's a desire in them to what? Have chocolate. And so what do they do? They eagerly seek to what? Have a little bit of chocolate. Okay? Now, I use that as a funny illustration, but here it illustrates a greater point. Our heart, remember what the first point was, is consumed with evil desires. And the fact of the matter is, is that you are going to eagerly what? Seek to fulfill those desires. You understand? And it may not be with chocolate, it may be something with something else. You and I become consumed with things, consumed with what's doing wrong, and you know what the issues are in your life. I don't need to say, I don't need to even speculate what they are. You know what they are, because every one of us deals with it. And so there you are. You are consumed, and then therefore you eagerly seek to fulfill. And this is what Proverbs Solomon is saying that God is disgusted with, God hates. Jesus makes the point even further in Matthew 15. 
So I want you to look with me. We're going to look at verses 1 through 20. Because here's what we're saying. You're saying, okay, I see your point, but you were saying that I can deceive myself, George. Well, when we read this passage, here's how easy it is to deceive yourself about your heart. Listen to what was said. Chapter 15, verse 1. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever, to his, whoever says to his father or mother, what profit you might have received from me is a gift of God, that he need not honor his mother or his father or mother. Thus you made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And when he called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know the Pharisees are were offended when they heard this saying? And he answered and said, Every plant which my Father, Heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain to us this parable. Jesus said, Are you still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters into the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. We're going to take this passage and divide it up in two ways. The first thing I want you to notice is the deception. Because here's what I want you to see today is we're going to tell ourselves the truth about where we're really at in our walk with God. You and I need to recognize, especially when we talk about this area of the heart, you and I can deceive ourselves into thinking, I'm okay with you, God. Because that's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. And here's the deception. The first part I want you to see there is this, that we judge ourselves by our religious acts. Notice what was happening here. In, in verse 1, the Pharisees and the scribes, now the scribes are, are basically those who, are, who, uh, who handle the word of God, the law. They came to Jesus and said to him, in verse 2, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders, for they do not wash their hands when they eat their bread? They were worried about spiritual, ceremonial cleansing, and it wasn't from the Bible, it was a tradition that they had that brought about. Why is it that that your guys who are following you aren't doing what everybody else is doing and being spiritual? See, to them, spirituality was measured in their outward actions. Now, here's the deception. You and I can deceive ourselves, our heart can deceive us into thinking that it's okay because you look at your life and you say, well, you know, I go to Kerwinsville Christian Church 
I'm there on Sunday. I give in the offering plate. I serve in some capacity at the church. When they need help, I'm there. I send cards to other people in the church. I've helped others in the church. I pray. And so therefore, I'm okay. And so here's what they're looking at. They're looking at totally on the focus of religious acts. And listen, it's very deceptive. I'm going to be honest with you. You can come here today and not be right with God, but you think you're okay with God because you're doing all the right things. The other problem with the Pharisees was this. Not just their acts. They looked at their heritage. You could be here today and you could say, well, I was raised in a Christian home and I'm okay. Do you know what? You're not okay. Because none of us are okay. Because all of our hearts are wicked. And so that's the deception. We judge ourselves by our religious acts. And here's the point that Jesus then makes to them. Jesus answers them. He doesn't answer the question specifically. He doesn't say to you, come on, guys. And he makes the point and says to them about their tradition, about their religious acts. And so here's the point I want you to see. Our spirituality contradicts God's word. Because here's what you're saying. He says, you know, the word of God says you're to honor your mother and father. But he says, what you guys do by your traditions is you've created this tradition where here you are, you have money to take care of your mother and your father and to honor them. But you say, well, that money belongs to God. I committed it to the Lord. Lord, this is your money. Whatever you want to do with it, it's yours. And so you say to your mother and father, you say, well, I'm so- I can help you, but I know I have funds, but those, that funds is committed to God. I can't help you out. And he says, you've transgressed the word of God by your religious traditions. What's he getting at here? Here's the deception. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. You could be right here, and you could be here right now in, a, in the pew, and you could be active, and you could say you love Jesus, and you could say you give, and you've been here forever, but I'm going to listen to me. But you're sitting there right now, and you've got a problem with somebody else, you're angry with somebody else, you might be here, and, and you're, you're faithful to the church, and you're doing all the religion, you pray, you get up in the morning, and you read your Bible, and you do your devotions, And you're okay with God, but the fact of the matter is, when it comes to your employees, you don't treat them right. Or when it comes to you as an employee, you don't do your boss right. And you say, I'm okay with God. See how the deception works? See how the deception works? See, we deceive ourselves by all our religious stuff. And you can be faithful doing your devotions. You can be faithful coming to church. You can be faithful giving. But the reality is the way you are the rest of your life really says who you are. And see, what they were doing is their spirituality was contradicting God's Word. They were focusing on what was insignificant and neglecting what was more important. Listen, you and I have to realize that God is not going to judge you on how faithful you are to this church. God is not going to judge you on how faithful you are to giving. God is not going to judge you on how faithful you are in reading your Bible in the morning and praying. God is going to judge you on the faithfulness of your heart towards His Word, period. That's reality. And so he said that, that their spirituality contradicted the Word. And so here's what they do. Notice what he says there. We have compartmentalized our lives. Look at verse 7 through 9. Here's what Jesus said. 
Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. What's he saying here? They have compartmentalized their lives. Can I be honest with you? That's what's going on in America today. That's what's going on in our lives. Bruce Wilkinson uses the illustration that our lives are like a chest of drawers. And your life is represented by a chest of drawers. And, you know, my, my chest of drawers at home, I got a, I got a top drawer that I got my socks and my handkerchiefs in. The next drawer I got my underwear in. And the next drawer I got my t-shirts that I wear just bumming around the house. And then I got a drawer with my pants and then a drawer with my dirty grubby jeans. And, and I like the, I, and I've got everything in order. And, and so I got a drawer for everything in my life. And that's how we are with our lives. We got a drawer for everything. We got our church drawer. And I'll be honest with you, it's the smallest drawer on the chest. Then we got our drawer for who we are at work. We got our drawer for who we are with our family. We got a drawer for who we are with our friends. We got a drawer for who we are. And they're all different. They're all different. And so that's what he's saying. Guys, you have so compartmentalized your life that when you come to worship, you just worship me with your lips. You're not worshiping from me with my heart. And that's what he told the Pharisees. See the deception? of how we can deceive our hearts concerning how we are with God. But here's what we do. We'll say, well, man, I'm faithful, but man, look at that guy over there. And again, we do the whole thing of examining our lives and comparing it to someone else. But Jesus doesn't compare us. Jesus takes you, who you are, matches you up against the Word of God and says, okay, you tell me how you do it. That's the deception. That's the deception. And we've got to begin to tell ourselves the truth that we have deceived ourselves. So then I want you to notice the rest of the passage, verse 10 to 20. He tells us the condition of our hearts. He gets right at it. Look, it's convicting. When I was reading this lesson, I realized, man, Lord, how can I stand before you? Look at what he says. First of all, look at verses 10 through 17. So when he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not understand that what enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated, but those things which proceed from the mouth come from the heart and they defile the man? Here's the point I want you to see. Your heart defines who you are. Your heart defines who you are. That's the reality. It's not all this religious stuff. Because I'm going to be honest with you. When you talk about religious stuff, the Pharisees, they had their act together. If there was anybody that was doing it, they were doing it. And they were doing it right. I mean, they had it down to ritualistic. They had laws, oral laws, because they wouldn't write anything down. Their traditions were oral traditions. 
because they didn't want to add to the Word of God. But they knew everything of what they needed to do to be the right person with God. And they had it all together. But God is, Jesus is saying to them, God is saying here, look guys, you, you're, you've totally got it wrong. What defines you is not your religious action. What defines you is your heart. Who you are on the inside. He says to them, Pharisees, man, you've got it all wrong. It's not what you eat that defiles you. It's what comes out of you that defiles you. But your action reveals your heart. You see what I'm saying? Because you're not the same person, period. Your heart defines you. Your heart defines you. In fact, Proverbs says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That's Proverbs 23, verse 7, if you want to write that down. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Your heart defines who you are. So listen, what does it say? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be brutally honest with you. And if you get irritated with me, that's fine. So here you are. You've got a problem with a group of people because of their skin color, because of their ethnic background, because of their socioeconomic status. I'm going to be honest with you. Here's what your heart defines with you if you're harboring those feelings in your heart. You're prejudiced. And you're not right with God. You look at a man or a woman with lust in your heart. I don't care how religious you are. You're an adulterer. If you're single, you're a fornicator. That's reality. Your heart, your thoughts define who you are. That's what Jesus is. We've got to quit playing the games. We've got to quit saying, oh, I'm okay. Man, do you understand the church isn't effective today in our culture? The only place in the world, I just heard it this week, if all the places in the world where the church is not doing anything, the church is dying, declining, it's the United States, the rest of the world is taken off. Do you realize there are more Christians in China than there are people in the United States? Do you realize there are more Christians in sub-Saharan Africa than Christians here in the United States? It's reversed itself. Before, we used to be the majority Christian nation. We're not anymore. Why? There's no power in the church. Why? Because we have deceived ourselves into thinking that everything's okay with us. And part of the deception is, is that, look, who you really are defines, is defined by your heart. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Here's what it's saying. And in fact, he goes on and he says this. Look at verse 19. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile them. Here's what he's saying. Our actions are a reflection of our heart. Listen to me. Who you really are is what you're thinking in your heart towards others, and it comes out of your actions. It's not what you do here on Sunday. Who you really are is a reflection of who you are. Listen, who you really are is how you treat your wife at home or your husband at home. Because you can look good here, and everybody thinks, man, they're doing great. But at home, it is a mess. Do you see my point? Now listen, you may not like what I'm saying, and I'll be honest with you, my, my point is not to be liked. My point is to be truthful and to help you to understand the truth. And the truth is, is my friends, we got to start telling ourselves the truth about the condition of our hearts. As I think in closing here, three points I want you to make here. Think about this question. Have you deceived yourself about your heart? 
Have you deceived yourself about your heart? Let me use an illustration to help you to understand what I'm talking about. We live in an age of divorce. And one of the things that people can get prideful about is that you're married and you're not divorced. And especially in our Christian circles, we can get prideful about this. We can say, well, you know, I'm doing okay because I'm still married and I'm not divorced. Well, are you sure? I say, what do you mean, George? See, you can deceive yourself. You may be married legally, but practically you're divorced. Because when you're at home, you don't talk to your spouse. You don't interact with your spouse. You don't care about your spouse. You're just living for you. And yeah, you're legally married, but you're practically divorced. Do you understand my point? And yeah, you're here today, and you are a Christian. And you're okay with God because you're coming to church, and you're doing all the right things. You're reading your Bible, praying, all of that stuff. But in reality, your heart is so far from God, you've deceived yourself. You've deceived yourself. Have you deceived yourself about the condition of your heart? You see, which brings up the next thing. Recognize the true condition of your heart. Recognize it. Listen, this is what the Scripture says. Jeremiah 17.9. He says this about the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And then he makes this point. You've got to listen to this point. Who can know it? What's the point he's making here? He's saying to us, look, every one of us has a heart that is evil, that is wicked, and it's desperately wicked, and it is deceitful, it will deceive you. So how can you sit there and say you're okay because nobody can get a grasp of their heart? Who can know their own heart, truly? Don't ever think you're doing okay because, my friends, you have a heart that is evil and wicked and is bent towards doing wrong, and it's only the grace of God that you can do right. That's the point you need to see. The final thing I want you to see is this. Tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth. You've got to tell yourself the truth. Here's the point I want you to see. The only way that George Cannon is going to lead a victorious Christian life, the only way that George Cannon is going to lead a life where he sees the hand of God in his life daily, And that's what I desperately seek, is to see the hand of God in my life daily. The only way that George Cannon is going to sense the presence of God in his life is by first telling himself the truth about his true condition. Not focusing on all the externals, not focusing with God and saying, Oh God, I'm a pastor. Oh God, I've studied the Word of God. Oh God, I've pastored for this long. Oh God, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that for you. God, I'm doing all this stuff. I gotta focus on the reality. God, my heart is wicked. Given the chance, I do what's wrong. God, I deserve hell. But you saved me. I've got to start telling myself the truth. Listen, you're here today, you're defeated in your life, you're not seeing the hand of God in your life, you're not seeing God answering your prayers. Listen to what he said. If we regard iniquity in our heart, what does he say? He will not hear our prayers. See, it gets back to the heart, doesn't it? The reason why you're not seeing God the way you... is because you're not telling yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth. Look to your neighbor right now and say, I'm wicked. Go ahead. Look to him. I'm wicked. You had a hard time doing that, didn't you? 
This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. We got to begin with telling ourselves the truth. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.